Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and uh, you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and, and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the house of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Fruit of the Spirit. Again, I realize that probably this isn't uh, one of the more or most glamorous teachings that we do. Again, I will say, as I've said now for each Sunday that we've done this, as far as I'm concerned, it is the most important one of all the series that we do do, because without this, your life will absolutely end up, and your walk with Jesus Christ, a big zero, a big fat zero, as a matter of fact. So we're going to turn back into Galatians, the fifth chapter, 
and the 22nd verse, and we're going to, again, for our text, use this these two verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, we have been through love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness, and today we're going to look at the fruit, faith. All right? Now, faith means, in the Greek dictionary, this faith here, the way it's been used here, means faithfulness, loyalty. All right? The fruit of faith here means faithfulness, loyalty. First, ask unto the Lord thy God. That's first and utmost. Secondly, unto that which you are placed under the fivefold ministry to learn. Now, most of us, uh, those of you that are here, the Catholics, we never have problems with when they come under this ministry. Catholics already know that they're to go to church. They know that. We never have a problem with Catholic people come out of the Catholic Church. Why? Because they understand this fruit faith, this thing with faithfulness and loyalty. They understand it. First, ask unto the Lord thy God, and they may not have had the priority right within that when they were as in within the Catholic Church, but it is advantageous that the church receive that because this 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 particular fruit is something that is absolutely long lost, gone, and of which there will be no quick return of because what's happened in the church world today, everything's me, myself, and I. Uh, there isn't any such thing as, as loyalty or faithfulness. Ask unto that which we're under, the ministry, uh, the people that are being led of God to feed and to teach you. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the charismatic movement itself trying to tell us that you don't need anybody but God. Now, that's a true statement. You don't. But you do, as we have taught you, uh, need the fivefold ministry. You need to be placed under it so that you can do what? You can grow up because there should be led by the Holy Ghost. If they're not, bless God, then find somewhere that is and get under the ministry and grow up because if those people, uh, and those people need to be more growing than you, all right, or you don't need to be under them. Uh, and that's uh, uh, pretty basic, actually. So um, with loyalty and faithfulness, this fruit of faith, is, is something that, I, as I said, is something that has exited from the church because we have gotten ourselves into a place of always looking to be hurt. And, now, and I'm going to say from the outset, probably that's due to what we have seen with national ministry. I don't know how many times people have said to me, well, if we can't, if we can't trust the bakers and Jimmy Swagger, we sure couldn't trust you. I said, what have I got to do with the bakers and Jimmy Swagger? What have I got to do with him? You can't, you know, that's, that's like that's like going to a car a dealer and, and buying a car and a guy taking you for thousands of dollars. And you say, well, I can't trust any car dealers. Or you're going into a grocery store and you buy some bad meat and you take it back and they won't replace it. That doesn't mean that all grocery stores will treat you that way. And that doesn't. And the same thing pertains, pertains to ministry. But the problem is we have tended. Now, again, I, I want to show you. Where that all happened, it happened in the spirit realm. It happened through another device that Satan has. Satan knows as long as you can't produce this fruit or you don't produce this fruit, you will be of non-effect toward him here on the face of this earth. He knows that. He knows that if you ever produce the fruit, he's in trouble. He knows that. So if he can devise through deception, and I think we dealt with deception uh, a meeting or so ago here in the church on Thursday night. We, I think it was last Thursday night. We begin to we we talked about the different ways that Satan can come. This is one of them. If he can take you and get you in a position of thinking that you do not need, that you do not need the fivefold ministry to be under, that you can get all this stuff because you hear from God and all you got to. If he can deceive you into believing that, he has got nothing to worry about with you. Nothing does he have to worry about because he knows in order for you to grow up. He knows the Word of God, and he knows that you're going to have to come under and subject yourself under the ministry, the fivefold ministry, to be taught, to be admonished, uh, to be nurtured, to be brought up, and he knows that. And if you're not going to do it, he's got you out of the way. You can act spiritual. You can talk spiritual. You can do spiritual, and but you'll be of no effect to him. And that's what he's after is, to, again, to stop your growth and to keep you from coming to the place that you can be of a harm to him, all right? Because when you do, your family's going to, your friends are going to see it, 
the neighbors are going to see it, the people at work are going to see it, and when they begin to see Christ in you, then he's got big trouble because they're going to want to have what you got. Until then, you're nothing but a hypocrite, and they could care less. That's the way the world looks at it. Has for centuries, as a matter of fact. Now, faith is not exercised by the mind, and, and uh, we have spent some time uh, uh, in not much depth at this point, but we will, trying to get you to understand that your mind and your mind contacting and hearing from God it just ain't the way it happens. And unfortunately for the church, the church was never taught that. So what we have to do, we have to fight the battle of trying to get you to understand how it works. I, uh, talking uh, in, a, in a meeting this morning, what happens, and it's really unfair because people can, uh, it's very difficult for people to come to me and start expressing their spirituality because God, after all these years, what I've always done, I've always said, God, when people come, you reveal their hearts to me. I want to know. I want to know whether I'm hearing somebody's jaw flop up and down or I'll get a hold of somebody here that's got some word on the inside of them. So I don't waste my time. I don't waste their time. And we can all just be happy or unhappy, whatever we want to do about it. So that's really unfair because God does that for me. And when God reveals to me and somebody comes and tries to express their spirituality, the first thing I want to know from God is where are they walking with you, Lord? Just exactly, or where are they at? Are they flake, super flake, unflake, almost flake, going to get around to being a flake or no flake at all flake, okay? Now that's about four, five, six categories there, but the Lord categorizes, and he lets me do that. And so when he does that, it almost becomes unfair, because then I know, you see. And that's the reason, again, this isn't popular, because you ain't going to come in here and get spiritual with me, unless you truly got that word sown in here. And if you do... Then I'll guarantee you if that's the way, if that's the word we use, and I don't like to use that word because I often ask the question, what is spirituality? What is spirituality? I really don't know what spirituality is. I know what growing up in the word is somewhat about, but I don't know what this spirituality thing is. I know that uh, if there is such a thing and people say, well, you are spiritual. Well, if I am, it's only because this word brought me to that place. All right? So when I think if you'll use that in your own lives, you'll find that it will be advantageous to you. So you do not work or exercise faith in your mind. So faith and this thing with faith, and we're going to now, we're going to leave and talk about faith and faith being produced. But I want to look in 5-6 of, uh, of this thing in Galatians, 5-6. Now it, uh, it says here, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now, notice we wait through what? The Spirit, not through your mind. So many people are waiting, 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 waiting for this to happen in their mind. And they can tell if it's there when their mind says yes. It's there because you feel like it's there, okay? And when that happens to you, you've got to realize something. I think that probably the, the best uh, statement that can be made about God and the way he is, is that his word is going to work tomorrow morning with or without you and I. It's still the same word, and it's still going to work. It's going to work whether you want to participate in it or I want to participate in it. It's still going to work. It's not contingent on whether you think that it worked or it didn't work. It's never contingent upon those base, upon that base, I'm sorry. Now, we need to understand how faith is produced how this kind of faith is produced, and it's produced like the faith and all this. Now it's going to start sounding as though this message of the fruit of faith is going to start sounding like the faith message, all right? Because it, it, it is, only you keep in mind the loyalty and the faithfulness within it. Now, in Romans 10:17, now we're going to talk about how faith is produced. Uh, and look with me, if you will, in Romans 10:17. Most of you can probably go right ahead and quote that, but... That's fine. You need to look at the word. So then faith cometh by hearing. Say, so faith cometh by hearing. Let's try it one more time. So faith cometh by hearing, and 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 by hearing. And we can go on and on and on with that. 
That's the way faith cometh. It cometh by hearing. You have got to hear to have faith. And it goes on to say, and hearing by the Word of God, not by your mind. Hearing your mind. All right? And that's the reason we... Some, and, and, and one of the dangerous things with, 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 with faith is just this. Your mind tells you something that's absurd. Okay? What do you mean absurd? Okay, let, let's, take, let's take for instance... Well, I need $150,000 to get out of debt, and God told me that somebody was going to get between now and tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for $150,000. Now, what is the odds that that's going to happen in your life? Zero to nothing, okay? That's zero to nothing. You say, but God can do all things. Yes, God can do all things, but now listen. Of course, now I realize there's got to be some circumstances involved in all this, but you have to realize something about God, and you want to get down, if you can, pat the statement that I make, that your walk with Jesus Christ is a learning experience. You're going to find that you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, but the idea is to get up, find out where you messed up, repent in the name of Jesus Christ, and go on. That is the key to you growing up in the Word of God, all right? Now, when you begin to realize that that will work in your life, you're going to make some gains. Until you do, you're going to be in a mess because the devil's going to keep trying to tell you, he's going to keep trying to tell you that you're not going to make it or he's going to lie to you in your mind, all right? Now, now... If you were to receive $150,000 that somebody wrote you a check and handed to you tomorrow morning before 9 o'clock, what would you have learned from God? That he's a sugar daddy, and that's just about it, isn't it? That any time that you need $100,000, now let's go from $100,000 to 10 cents. All you got to do is say, oh, Lord, and it just shows up. You know what we'd have if that's the way all that works? A bunch of idiots. Because we would just be out here and bless God, I want this, and Jesus, I want that. And when things didn't work out, we'd soon find out if we could cause that to work, then we could cause the thing called curse to work, and we could curse each other in the name of Jesus, and people die, and strange things happen to them, and they lose their jobs and their families and everything. And what will we have? A mess, yeah, a real mess. So everything that God... Let's come into your life is for a divine purpose. Everything. And the divine purpose is simply this, for you to learn by and to grow up into another stage, into another place with him. Now, if you can't learn by that, that same test or that same trial is going to keep reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring in your life until you learn it. So if the Lord God gave you $150,000, You'd pay the debt off, and you know what you'd do? You'd go right back out and get in debt all over again. And you want to know why? So you could just say, Lord God, need another 150 grand. Uh, this time I'll try to do better with it. Said, Daddy, please. And so uh, sometimes I call him Big Daddy. Big Daddy would just uh, shuffle you out $150,000 again. And what'd you learn? Nothing. So he understands something. And that's the reason that so much of this movement of God is such, such harem scarum stuff. Just stuff that just absolutely, and where does it come from? It comes from the mind. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. See, uh, I think that truly we're going to have to try desperately within the entire church, the overall church, to begin to understand exactly who God, and understand what God does and what God doesn't do. All right? Because... Uh, so, so many of us are into this thing that, oh, God can do anything, and he can. But there's some things he ain't going to do. He's not going to give you $150,000 if you go out here and, and just totally just mess up. He's not going to do that. Now, I can give you one specific uh, piece of uh, information of why. I uh, decided to be there and uh, was well on my road to being such. And so we were going to borrow some money. And we got a real bind over it because, I mean, a real bind. Financially, we got ourselves in a real pit. 
Well, we listened to the first thing we did. You know what the first thing we did? We're not dummies. We listened to the prophet. Come on. Will you give all your money? Huh? That's the first, that's the first thing. Well, that's what's wrong. Write the check. Guess what happened? We were just out the check that we wrote. We never got any increase back out of that. We was out that. So we found out that mm, that didn't work. So we pushed that aside. Now, let me say this about the prosperity message. We will teach prosperity in this church, but we will balance a faith and where it lies. There isn't any quick themes with God or plans. There isn't any. Everything that God does is planned for you, for you individually and your growth. It's going to differ from mine or from somebody else's. You have to understand what works for me may not work for you, probably won't work for you, and vice versa. Okay? Now, so when we understand that by making the statement, and I often hear those kind of statements, people, well, God told me when I prayed today he was going to give me this, or he was going to do this, or he was going to do that. Some people once said God told us to give away all of our furniture. I think I told you about that, and they, of course, I know they're still sitting on boxes in their living room. And they were for months afterwards that I knew for a fact that they were. Well, where did they, where did they get all that? That wasn't from God. Honey, when God says, God delivers. Now, please understand that. The devil cannot get an, over and override the Word of God. Never has been able to. Never will be able to. And, and you see, in, in this movement of God that we're in, so many of us use this, think we've heard from God, so we get out here and we get to doing something, then it don't work out. And then what's our famous statement? The devil got in the middle of it, and look what he did. Well, the devil had probably getting too much credit for things that he didn't do, because the devil didn't get in the middle of it if, in fact, you are in the will of God. The devil can't get in the middle of it unless you give place to the devil. Uh, thus saith the word of God. So, the mind is very important to understand. The mind is very important to protect yourself against, all right? And I mean that just in the way I put it. You're going to have to learn to protect yourself against your mind because your mind will go rampant. Your mind will tell you things, try to do things that bless God. That uh, it, Only does your mind do for self. You got to remember that your spirit will always do for the best of you overall, not just just self. Now, so number one, uh, how faith is produced is by hearing. Now, in John twenty, and let's look there, John twenty, John the twentieth chapter. John twenty. 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Now, another way that, that, that faith is produced is simply through written testimony. And all this is put down for just exactly that, through Written testimony. We also know that in Acts, the third chapter, there's something here that also would give us an indication as to how faith is produced. The third chapter, the fourth. But she denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So we also would have to put by the apostles' uh, testimony or by the apostles' acts or however you want to do that, we also can understand how faith is produced. By them doing what? Teaching and preaching about Christ, his death, and his resurrection. Now, the power of faith. And the power of faith is very important to understand. It's important to understand. Now, we should understand right off out of John 3.16 that it's an essential element in
In Romans 5.1, we better look at that one. In Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God so we can uh, understand that the power of faith can justify men. It can justify men. Now, let me back up to number one and make one more statement about the essential element of salvation. To every man is given, is given, to every man is given faith. We know that. A measure, the Bible says, of faith. Now, I've heard preachers for years try to eliminate that from the unsaved. But it couldn't be eliminated from the unsaved because without faith, without faith, without that measure of faith, no one could come to God. Now, put that in your hat and, and think about it for a minute. Without no faith at all, you couldn't come to God. Your faith given, the Bible says, unto every man, unto every man, unto every person, so that when they are being drawn by God, their spirit, then they come to that place of decision. And that place of decision is something that Christ, God the Father and God the Holy Ghost, we have been given by God Almighty Himself the right. All right? Now, when God brings us, He gives you the measure of faith, and when He draws you, no man can come to the Father except He be drawn by the Spirit. So you have to understand then that the way that you came to God was that God had to first draw you by His Spirit. Now, for some of you, you need to grasp hold and understand. Maybe that loved one, maybe that person that you are praying for, maybe they're not being drawn yet by the Spirit. You said, well, that's not right. I've been praying. That's got nothing to do with whether or not they're being drawn by the Spirit of God. When they're drawn by the Spirit of God, then they have a chance to make that choice which will enter them into eternal life or will let them burn in hell for eternity. That choice is always going to be choice. But to get to that place of choice, measure faith had to be there, had to work. So when you then when you come to that place, then you make the decision. Yes, Lord, I'll receive you. No, Lord, I don't want nothing to do with you. That's your decision. Unfortunately, it's not the, uh, the church's decision and or your decision or my decision. And through that, that's where we find people, uh, you know, they make the decision. And you say, well, oh, can they be drawn again by the Spirit? Yes, I believe people are drawn many times by the Spirit. I believe that we're entering into what Paul said, dangerous or perilous times in these last days, because I believe that a lot of these ones that have been drawn and drawn and drawn and drawn and drawn and drawn and knowing that they've been drawn by their Spirit, and they know, don't you ever, don't you ever let them kid you, they know that they're being drawn by the Spirit of God. There's something happening in here that just ain't like nothing that ever has happened. And you see some of them come to church, and then you see them get away. That you're, what you're seeing, they're being drawn by the Spirit of God. God is trying to draw me and draw me and draw me. In. But the time cometh, my brothers and sisters, when those people are going to be turned over to retrograde, they're going to begin to believe a lie. And when they begin to believe a lie, that's when you will see them no more in the church and you, anytime you want to bring up Jesus, they probably want to punch you in the mouth. That will happen. We'll see much, much more of that happening in the coming years. But I do believe, again, people are drawn many times for the Spirit of God, given that choice. That faith has to be there, all right? Now, in Romans 5, 2, we had 5, 1, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, uh, power of faith gives access to God. It gives us access to God. So see, this faith thing is more than just something that happens along. And like I keep saying, it's very simple, but it's very complex. And you've got to understand it that way. You, you, you just desperately got to get a hold of the fact that it's just not the fact that, yes, I've got it, and I can do whatever I want to do with it, because it just doesn't work that way, neither for me nor for you. Now, in Romans 1.17, in Romans 1.17, statement here, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, which most of us have heard many, many times. But now, when it comes to the power of faith, it supports our spiritual life. It supports our spiritual life. Because the just will live by faith, you bet the just will live by faith. 
There's not very many people in the church world today truly know what it is to live by faith. Truly know what it is to live by faith. Know what it's like to have to pray, to have to fast, have faith, seek the face of God for just everyday living. Because most people have other means. Well, can't God supply? You bet God can, and you better thank God that He does. Because there's not very many. Uh, when I first came into this thing, I thought, oh, what a glorious thing to be able to say, we live by faith. I thought, oh, is that going to just do something to, for people when I say, we live by faith? Well, honey, by the time that we got where we could live by faith, I was so sick of thinking of having to, somehow the glory goes all out of that. There just, there just wasn't there when people said, you live by faith. And I go, yeah. We sure do, you know. <laughs> Nothing glorious in it. It's just a way of life, and that's what it is. But the faith walk isn't a walk that you get a hold of just when it's convenient or when you have a need. For faith to work in your life, you've got to exercise it every day, every day, every day. It's an ongoing experience, faith is. And any time that you let faith be only an experience that you use when you're in a bind, it will never work like God wants it to work in your life, and it sure won't work the way you want to see it work. Because the idea isn't, oh, I tried it twice and it worked once, or I tried it ten times and it worked three times, or four times, or nine times. No, you got to get to where faith, where it works. And when faith starts working, you will see it work. Now, you need to write that down. When faith starts working, you will see it work. When it does, you, it's not I got lucky and it worked out. See, with most of us, when you start trying to work or exercise faith, it's almost like, hey, I got lucky. It's not I got lucky and it worked out. Faith is something that causes things to happen. It causes things to happen in your life. It's not something that you get lucky and every once in a while something looks like, you know, hmm, may have happened from God. And a lot of us don't understand that a lot of the things that we have or thanking God for happening, just overall blessings are on the face of this earth. It just happened to get under one that had nothing to do with your faith. I realize that hurts the faith ego, but the, the fact of the matter is, true's true. When faith begins to work, it will work. And you say, well, how long will it be? Just as long, honey, as it takes. And if it's going to take till Jesus gets here, that's fine with God. Because this thing, and another good way to look at all this is just simply look at it like this. This thing isn't contingent upon the Lord God blessing you. This thing is contingent upon you getting enough of this word on the inside of you so the Lord God can bless you. Okay? And that's truly, that's truly the way it works. Now, if we can, it's, uh, the power of faith is the answer to prayer. And you'll find that in Matthew 21, 22. And let's look at that because this is a, a, a piece of scripture that I personally has spent more than just a little time with. And all, mm, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. The answer to prayer, faith is, because faith has to be worked there. Okay? And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, to believe God it before you get it. That's what causes, because see, you use faith in it. Of course, we get to use the 11, 20, 23 of, uh, of Mark, but, uh, we're saving that one. And now the power of faith pleases God. And that just simply can be found in, in Hebrews 11, 6, which simply says, without faith, it is impossible to believe him. Okay? Now, I'm going to turn there because I want you to get the rest of it, and I don't want to mis misquote that. That he's a rewarder. Okay? For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Where most of us in the church miss this thing is the word diligently. Most of us are not into the diligent part. Most of us are into whatever I can get for free without doing anything, I'll take it. And the rest, I, I don't think I'll be getting around to it. All right, so you will probably hear me in not too long down the line do some things on diligence something that the church knows little, if anything, about. Again, this thing, because we, we got into it and we found out, some of us who was in the denomination found out there was a thing called the infillment of the Holy Ghost, the power of God. We could speak in other tongues. Then when we got that, all of a sudden, we just went from 
being dead in the water, as they say, on a boat sitting out there that won't run, as to um, instead of one of those hovercrafts that above the water, we just whoo, and and we got got all the way away from the diligent part. We we got into everything was here and quick and easy, and all God do is speak it out of my mouth, and there it is, and it, and all that stuff is true, folks. But the fact of the matter is, you don't get all that stuff when you get the Holy Ghost, where it is activated and working within you and within your life. That comes through diligence. Diligence. It comes through diligence, by faith. See, it all, it all, everything that you do and everything you experience is going to tie itself to this faith walk. As I said, we, in ministry, we all teach faith, preach faith, believe faith. Uh, and we've probably done it so long, it's kind of like yelling wolf. The people all know about it, and they've heard all the right messages, and they do, but there's very few people can work faith. And if you can't work faith, i got news for you. You're in the wrong building. You're going to have to learn to work faith for this thing to work out for you. Faith has got to be, the just shall live by faith. You are the just. You are a believer. You're a son of God, a child of God. Uh, you are the just, okay? Now, in James 1... Let's show you something here that hopefully will help some of us. James 1, 2, and 3, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. And we're going to cover that thoroughly. Because I used to say, how in the world could you count it all joy the hell that I'm going through? Huh? See, I looked and tried to find a different way that this word joy had been used in the concordance and what it meant. And it means just what it says, folks. Count it all joy. <laughs> count it all joy. Well, when you begin to understand God's ways, you can count it all joy. Because you've got to understand something. Your ways ain't God's ways. Your ways, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, don't give you a lot of leeway, get you in trouble. Okay? Now, you can count it all joy because the reason you can is because God is desperately trying to bring you into a place he can use you. And when you go through these diverse temptations, all you got to understand is you're going the wrong direction. Something you're not doing. See, until we get the thinking straightened out in the church, it's going to be very difficult to teach properly what's going on in your life. Because, again, most of us are being taught, and, and the reason I know we spent enough years in the Pentecostal and charismatic churches that all we heard was, Look what the devil's done. Oh, brother, and all they get up was, all they do is get up and glorify the devil. Well, the devil's got me down. The devil's had me sick. The devil's had me broke. The devil's kept me from getting a job. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I'd rather take a lick and then have to get up there and preach after hearing that kind of doubt and unbelief. But they didn't know any better. See, that's what they were being taught from the pulpit. Because if they'd known any better, they, they, they would have done it. But they didn't know any better. So that's the way that they handled the whole thing. But you understand something. The Lord God will permit you to go through this stuff. And it should be counted joy unto you because he's trying to get you where he, he can use you to some kind of an extent. And when you keep going through the hell that's in your life and you begin to start, and you'll get a hold of this real, real well when we do about 10, 12 weeks on the purpose of temptation itself. And we will do that series and you, you'll, you'll begin to truly understand what's going on with this thing. Uh, well, why do we need it? Why can't I just skip over it? Because God's trying to change your life. He's trying to change your life. If you'll just look at it like that, things will start, to, every time it all starts going, say, Lord, where did I miss you? Instead of, oh, look what the devil's putting us through this hell and all this. Now, if, you'll, if you'll say, God, where did I miss you? You'll start growing. You'll start finding something out. But I'm going to tell you something. Say, it's a humbling experience. And this doesn't like it at all. But I'm standing here before you and God and going to tell you this. Until you're able to bring yourself and humble yourself into that place, ain't going to make it. Not where people like me walk, you're not. Just ain't going to make it. You see an arrogance and you see from a prophet. But what you never see, very seldom will give ever the opportunity to see, is the brokenness and the contriteness that God brings us through and to. You never see that. Why? Because God has placed within us that arrogance and that authority that we can get done what He wants done. Don't He? He doesn't does not bring us to the place that you see that. But there aren't any that's worth their salt 
that it didn't come of a broken and a contrite spirit. There isn't any. And you'll never find any. And there, there's, see, that's the reason people come and sit down with me and counsel with me. They, they see, they see something they've never seen. Most people are afraid of me. And the reason they're afraid of me is probably partly my fault. Because I don't have time to listen to your spirituality and I don't have time to listen to all, all the junk that you trying to put off on the devil that's causing this and causing that and everything else. I don't have time for that. I tell you, you're, you've overcome through Jesus Christ. You've got to get you talking the right way before you're ever going to develop the right way. But if you come to me in the right spirit, and you'll find that my heart is just as big as I am. You come in the right spirit. If you come in the wrong spirit, you're going to think you're going to hear the prophet. Then you're going to leave thinking, oh, I'll never go back and talk to him anymore. i got some people wouldn't, they, they, they'd probably die before they come talk to me. Because they, but they come the wrong way. You handle it right, you'll be handled right. You handle it wrong, you're going to get ate up. And, you, and, and that's just the way it is. So, but you want to understand something. You, you can, you, you can, you can see the broken and the contriteness of work if you come the right spirit. You can see it work. Because we've been there. I've walked where you've walked. Because I don't counsel over the phone, don't intend to counsel over the phone, and I don't intend to spend my time on the phone. Now that got quiet, didn't it? See, some of you don't know that, do you? All them hours that we spend together, so I said, she's not only my wife, she's my best friend. And we share and she knows. Uh, together, together we have grown spiritually, scripturally. Together we've done it. And it couldn't be done apart because she's a bigger part of this than I am. And very few people know that. I do. Very few people do, see. This is the easy part. Going up here and ministering the Word of God. If this is all I had to do, I'd be completely happy with ministry. But it just isn't. It's a part of it. It's it, see, actually when it comes down to it. Now, somewhere over in in uh, in James, as I read, I need to get the next verse in three. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There has to be a trying of your faith. What is the trial of your faith? The Lord God permitting, if you will, the hedge to be let down, the angels to back off. However you want to look at that. So that the devil and his cohorts, one and or both, could come can come to you and tempt you into those areas that you believe that you're what the trial of your faith is about. Now, it has to happen that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It takes much patience, much patience, to really be able to walk in faith. Why? Because you see, most of us are into instant faith. I prayed, I didn't get it, and God doesn't love me. Or he's in the Bahamas somewhere and didn't hear me. Okay? But you understand about faith. Faith, again, as I said, is an ongoing process, 24 hours a day, every day. You have to understand, and we have talked somewhat about sowing and reaping. We'll do more so. But you have to understand that you have got to plant the right stuff before you're ever going to reap the right stuff. And the secret is to keep planting the right stuff. And by faith, waiting for that stuff to come up to be harvested. You can't plant the right stuff this for, the bad stuff this for, the bad stuff that for, the good stuff over there. Expect to ever have anything come up but a rotten crop. You just can't do it. Now, you may think that you can, but I'm going to tell you, you can't. And I think in time, if you'll look at your lives, you'll understand that you can't. Because if you could, you probably wouldn't be here today. You probably would be somewhere trying to tell somebody else how to do it, all right? And it's just really that simple. Now, faith, faith overcomes trials, and that's what it overcomes. What? Through patience. Yes, through patience. Now, um, John 4, let's look there. John 4. As I said, faith, faithfulness, loyalty, when you teach it, it all looks the same. And it really is all the same. But the fruit thereof is just a little bit different. John 4, 46. John 4, 46. So Jesus came unto Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. 
for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thou son, thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend or to get better. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son believeth, and himself believed, and his whole house. Now, believers must contend for the faith. Now, we know that out of, out of, out of Jude. Let's, you may want to hang on to that. I don't know if we want to come back there, but we may. Look in, look in the little book of Jude. And in the third verse, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. And that's really where the whole church has come to. We got away from the faith that was given originally unto the saints. We're going to have to go back and contend for that faith. Now, believers must contend for the faith. We know that. Uh, they must continue in the faith. Acts 14.22 will give us some insight to that. Acts 14.22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter in the kingdom of God. We must continue exhorting them to continue in the faith. If you're taking notes, you need to put down that we're a battle. Faith just isn't going to happen in your life because you damn Jesus. It'd be wonderful if it worked that way, folks, but it just doesn't. And I'm going to use your name, Jesus, because through your name all things are possible, through the authority and the power of your name. You see, the problem with that kind of thinking is it's right, number one. Okay? But the problem with that kind of thinking is that you have a certain point where it truly works. It's like binding spirits. When you first start to learn how, and we'll begin to teach you before too long, about binding and loosening spirits. Now, when you start doing it, you're liable to get hit right in the mouth the first time you get a hold of a demon. You're liable to get smacked. You're liable to bind things and just all hell break loose altogether. That's because you're learning how to do that. It takes a lot of binding to be able to do something like I do. You've got to learn to bind spirits. It's not going to happen to you overnight. But there has to be a beginning place, and you have to start doing that. Now, see, now that statement, along with lots of other statements that I make, shoots a lot of holes through a lot of things that a lot of people have learned. Oh, but Brother Decker, what you bind on earth bound in heaven. Yes, and by the stripes of Jesus bore at the cross, you were healed, too. Now, you're going to tell me that every time you got sick, you prayed, you just got well right then and there? Of course you're not going to tell me that because you'd be lying. Well, don't be dumb. Just extend your thinking. Use a little reasoning. You always want to use your mind to dictate God's spirit anyway. Use your mind for one time and understand something. Not everything you bind is going to be bound either. Not in the beginning, it's not. You're going to have to deal with that and understand that. But we're, we're going to turn into that, that part of it. We'll give you a lot of background. And, make it a lot easier for you to begin to understand because that process is real and it does work and you can learn to work it. Now, if you can do it, you can truly bind people up where I always say they're squeaking the spirit, bind them up that tight, uh, if you can do that. Because there's some people that, that's going to absolutely come against you because there's a spiritual warfare going on. He had a football coach that absolutely disliked him. Spiritual warfare. Didn't like me either, by the way. Spiritual warfare. Didn't know us. Didn't know me. Didn't like me. What? Spiritual warfare. The light that protrudes, that comes from him, the darkness that was in that coach, just flat didn't get along. Just did not get along. Never will get along, see. And that's, that's, that's the reason if you're going to walk the walk, you've got to understand what's going on. You've got to understand how to handle what's going on out there, folks, because if you don't, you know what you'll get doing? You'll get trying to do it right there. 
There's the way you're going to handle it all. Well, I bless you in the name of Jesus, too. Huh? What'd you just prove then? You just proved then you're a hypocrite what you just proved then. What you got to understand, you bind that guy up or that gal up in the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, those people come back around to you and apologize and try to, and by the way, that's exactly what happened. Before Bernie graduated out of high school, that coach come to him to apologize about the things that he may have said to him, about him, actions toward him. But you see, that's what that's all about. Because you see, the way I see it, different than the way a lot of people see it, there's a soul. There's a soul to be dealt with there. You like it? No, I don't, didn't particularly like it. But you see, the Lord didn't ask me whether I liked it or not. He didn't ask me that, well, now, if you don't like that, then you can just treat them like the world treats each other. No, that's not, that's not what the, the, being a Christian is all about. A Christian is being able to forgive them when they ask to be forgiven, no matter what. A Christian's also got to understand something else. That if they ask you for your coat, give them your cloak also. Do them what? Stacking coals of fire upon them. By being nice unto those that do evil or hate you, you bet. That's what it's all about. See, this word works. But again, the reason the word doesn't work to enough depth and enough for lives is because there's not enough of us understand enough of it to bring it into balance so it can work. Too many of us are still over here dealing with God with our minds and playing this little whatever game, funny game it is and trying to convince ourselves that we got it all put together with Jesus. Now, you you, you, you can go through that. And again, the, the sad part of this here's, deal here is just what I said earlier. When you're around somebody that truly can and does discern spiritually, you ain't going to fool them. And that's the reason that when I teach this stuff, I'm teaching it not as unto just you. I'm teaching it to the overall church. To the overall church on the face of this earth, this message right here today would would absolutely uh, fit them as a, a shoe well fit to their foot because they need to understand. We've got way, way too many people that think they know that's doing uh, absolutely nothing for Jesus because they don't know. They're not knowing. They don't really know what's going on. Now, this thing that happened in here with faith, we have to learn to keep the faith, and we're told that in, in 2 Timothy 4.7. Let's look there. 2 Timothy 4.7. You've got to learn to keep the faith. And I like this because, well, let's read it. Second Timothy 4. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, what do you suppose that means? Just exactly what it says. Evidently, there was a time or two that it could have got right down to not keeping the faith. You've got to keep it. You have to keep the faith. What does that mean? You have to understand. When your mind runs off with itself, and your carnal senses begin to take over, you've got to keep the faith. Again, there is a tremendous on in the inside of each of us, the soulish realm trying to dominate the spirit. And that battle, win it yourself, is going to continue in all the days of your life. And yes, you can get to heaven uh, with that battle going on. But the fact is, is being taught enough depth into the Word of God where you can start coming over the top and begin to understand. Okay? Begin to understand. That's the reason I made the statement. Some of you were here and some of you weren't here when we started this church. There's a lot of unlearning to do to learn things like people like me teaching. Because a lot of that unlearning process is that I was told when I got saved in the Holy Ghost that I could do all those things. Well, honey, if you could, then why in the name of Jesus aren't you doing it? See? Because you're not. And it's not working out. One day you're here, and the next day you're there, and then you're here, and then you're there. Then you're anybody, a Baptist, a, 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 a Korean Catholic, if there's such a thing, could be on that roller coaster. Unfortunately, most of the church is on that roller coaster across the face of this earth. They never, they, you just get enough of it figured out, then the hell on. Trial of their faith comes, there they are. Trial of faith comes, there they go. And that's just the way it goes, up and down, and up and, they don't know whether they're up or down. They gotta get up every morning. How do I feel? Again, the Word of God is not contingent upon your being successful in this world. You're being successful inside yourself. It's contingent on the fact that the Word of God is revelation knowledge. It is spirit. It is spirit, and it's life. It's spirit-like. That's the reason it works, but it can't work until your faith level can come up so you can even start to get a hold of the fact that that's what it is. Okay? Now, faith is a key? Absolutely. 
Faith is the key to all the fruit. It's the key to all of it. Now, love is within all the fruit. We said that faith is the key to all the fruit. Without it, there is no answer to our Christian experience. There isn't an answer to it without faith. Love operates by faith. That's right. Absolutely by faith does it operate. Now, let's look at Mark 6. Mark 6. And in the fifth and sixth verses. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now look at this next verse. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. Now, unbelief is the very key. Faith will not, never has, and never will stay around where there's unbelief. Now listen, or unbelief in your heart. It will not stay around. That's the reason, again, so many people try to work faith with their mouths. Well, I spoke it. I spoke it. Why didn't I spoke it? Why didn't it work? I said, because you didn't believe it here. See, again, we, we, we're doing something a little different. Some of you come out of churches that you, the preachers, the pastors have told you, you should try to memorize and, and you get a little something if you memorize in your Sunday, adult Sunday school class and they ask, how many verses did you memorize? Memory of the verses of God will do you a little, little good. Now, it could do a lot of good for you when you grow to a point of being able to take the Word of God and go right back at the devil as I was teaching Sunday night, or I'm sorry, Thursday night here in this church, uh, to quote the Word of God. If you can't do that, that's when you get a concordance. So you can do that without the memorization through only a concordance, all right, which I advise each of you to own. Probably a Strong's would be the place to start. Now, with with understanding, with understanding then, that the Word of God, and we've been there again, some things that we need to unlearn that we've been taught or that we've learned, one of the same, is when it's here inside. See, and your mind can't handle that because how do you, I've asked, well, I can't just understand how to get the Word of God in my spirit or my heart. It gets there how? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. You may have to hear a hundred thousand times before it becomes life to you, okay? But it will become life. But it'll never become life up here. It will never become life up here. We have got too many, we've got too many carnal saints. Way too many. Too many saints that are trying to do all this from their noggins. And Paul spent much time in his writings trying to explain to us that your mind and your spirit are battling one against the other. They're never, 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 never going to agree. And they won't. Because if I'm trying to early on teach you, your carnal part of you, your soulish realm, is only after what's best for you. Your spirit is out to give you the will of God for you, which is the best. Okay? And if you take that down and Every once in a while, review that. It may help you, all right? Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.